We are back. I'm Jordan and it's episode four of Not The Jordan Show, where we tackle some of football's biggest issues and stories. It's the international break after a chaotic first week of October and it's one of the rare occasions where, personally, I'm actually quite happy to have the break. I don't know, I feel like I've got a little bit of city fatigue over the last couple of weeks. Asan, hello. How are you feeling about the prospects of City not playing for another week and a half? By by City fatigue, what you actually mean is City lost two games of football that mattered and you're like, oh my God, get me away from this shit. Like, yeah, I'm I might go back to, to supporting Chelsea. Exactly. Get back to the Chelsea, although they're not doing much better, to be fair. Um, <laughs> no, I'm I'm good. Uh, was, I, was I ready for the break? I mean, personally, no. Like, I, I find it quite annoying there's another international break, but... I kind of feel as though Guardiola's probably got a few things that he wants to think about and that will be that will give him time to watch the videos from the games and and figure out what the next phase of the season will be tactically. Yeah, I feel like that as well and also I don't know whether I'm a bit naive in feeling like this but just because we've been without some of our most important players like Stones, Rodri and De Bruyne. And also just the fact that we know that City don't tend to hit their sort of optimal physical state until later in the season. I'm just like, yeah, great. We'll get a couple of weeks closer to that. We'll get players more fit and we're closer to getting back to our top level. Mm. Lloyd, welcome to the show. Long time listener, first time guest I'm hearing. <laughs> Can you say that after three episodes? <laughs> well, yeah, we, we stagger them over a couple of weeks. GK? So. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. What a pleasure. Well, it's great to have you on. What do you reckon? Am I naive about being happy about the international break? Because I think it's another step closer to everyone getting up to full fitness. But as we know, with these international breaks, they can uh, throw up some nasty surprises. Yeah, not to two-foot you on your first question, but um, yeah, I think that is a bit naive, personally. I, I think it would have been much better for the team to play three, four days after the Arsenal game and uh, get it out of their system. And that's partially because Stones was back. He obviously played in, in the game, which was a surprise. Rodri would have been available again. And as we've seen from the bench in the last couple, you know, we've got more options, so... Actually, I think the the break is quite annoying, and um, yeah, I, I would much rather we'd we'd played kind of midweek this week. Yeah, that's, that that is fair enough, and I think there's just something in my mind that when City aren't playing subconsciously, it's like I feel that none of City's players are playing, just blissfully ignorance of the fact that we've probably got the most internationals out of any team in the world. So um, anyway, we pray for John Stones health and fitness over the next week oh, and a half i think he's yeah. definitely he's going to play against italy so that's going to be a nervous one yeah anyway we're not here to talk about that we're going to get straight into it uh, i used the word chaotic earlier about the first week of october and that was in reference to the aftermath of the goal that never was luis diaz's offside goal against spurs the chat around it and the discourse has been very entertaining, at least. Um, Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp wanting the match to be replayed. Um, I think they'll schedule that just after last year's Manchester derby at Old Trafford, which will be good. Um, obviously, never going to happen, is it? You're never going to get a match replayed. But for listeners to the 9320 
podcast and members of the 9320 player, you'll have seen that Chris did a deep dive on the refereeing side of things, which was great. And I implore you to go back and listen to it if you haven't already. I think it's good that we're doing one with two guests who don't have any vested interest in referees, because I think it's a chance to assess how we feel and act towards referees and whether there needs to be a bit of a change. And what's triggered it is I think there's a forgotten person in all this. And I use the word person deliberately rather than referee. And it's Darren England, the man who made the mistake. So we're going to get into that. I want to start off quite broadly, though, and ask you both, starting with Asan, what is your general opinion on the current standard of officiating in the Premier League? Appalling uh, would be the nicest adjective that I could use to describe the standard of officiating in the Premier League. Uh, I, I, for anybody who's a regular listener of mine or has followed me on social media, they will know that I've been saying for probably a couple of years now that the standard of refereeing is uh, decreasing season upon season, which I find completely counterintuitive to the kind of progress around the game and around the, I guess if you look at the Premier League as a product, it's the most valuable, most watched football related product on the planet. It's, I would argue it's bigger than the Champions League. It's bigger than the Euros, maybe not bigger than the World Cup. Maybe it is, who knows? But in terms of what it represents as a, as a business, as a going entity, it is enormous. And I find it almost, it's almost comedic how bad the officials are in comparison to the value of the league and of the product. Lloyd, agree, disagree? Yeah, I think gutter is the word I would use. I think, I don't think it's ever been this bad to be honest, um, which is weird because I, I think Howard Webb coming in has been a welcome kind of development. It's given a bit of a, like a face, I think, to the referees because often prior to him coming in, they were they were so untransparent and there was kind of, you know, no justification of certain decisions or processes. Um, but the reason, the reason I find it strange is that, so even last season when he did come in, I think there were just some, horrific VAR decisions that I think a lot of people might have even forgotten now because there's been so many this season. So, like, I take people's minds back to Palace against Brighton in February last last year when they, the VAR drew the wrong line and they gave a goal offside and it was just an absolute shambles. It was at Selhurst Park. The Suchek handball for West Ham against Chelsea and Chelsea ended up winning the game 2-1. Um I mean, there's just there were just loads, uh, and obviously we've had all the litany of of ones this season. So yeah, I mean, I think I don't think it's ever been in a worse position. And the Diaz offside no goal was obviously, I think the the nadir um, of where we've got to with VAR, and was definitely the worst. I have to say, I'm surprised by how strong you've both gone. Maybe it's because of the it's it we're in the aftermath of the Luis Diaz situation, um, but. Personally, I, I disagree quite strongly with what you've both said, um, mainly because I can't recall ever a season where they have where we've been free of um, mistakes 
So I, I disagree with the point that it's the worst it's ever been. I actually think it's one of the best it's ever been. I think it's just we're currently living through it and experiencing the outrage right now. But mistakes have always been a part of the game. There is a greater emphasis on them because the officials now have a tool to help them with uh, making decisions, VAR. But as we've seen, human error still exists. It's not totally automated. It shouldn't be totally automated um, because subjectivity is still required. I know there's a pursuit of consistency, but in reality, consistency is never going to be achievable because of the subjectivity of the laws and how they've been interpreted by different people. And I just think there's a bit of recency bias in regards to how bad the officiating is because we have this chat every year. The, the same conversation gets brought up every year. And it's getting worse. Terms, though. I'm it's not getting, sure about that. Yeah, it's getting worse. I, I, I don't think it is. I, I, I don't think it is. I think Lloyd, Lloyd's mentioned uh, an example. Was that last season where they drew the wrong lines, Lloyd? Yeah. 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 Well, if we'd have been having this conversation in 2004 or 2005, whenever it was, when Pedro Mendes volleyed in from the halfway line and Roy Cowell dropped it over the line, you'd have said it's the worst standard of, of officiating then. But well, for me, on, that on, on that though, on. let me let me tell you why I think I'll, I'll give you two reasons why I think it's worse now than it's ever been. So that is a really good example of human error during VAR fucking up the decision because they drew the wrong lines. The Premier League were offered the opportunity to take the automated offside technology that we've that we've seen in the Champions League this season into the league this season after that incident happening last season, and they said no. If they'd have had that in place, the Diaz incident wouldn't have happened. So I believe the- that Dale Johnson from ESPN, who's the sort of VAR guy, has said that that isn't true, and he said that because the wrong player was selected... Um, it still would have happened. So I'm not I'm not exactly mean? sure on the details, but I remember Dale Johnson said that the semi-automated offsides wouldn't have solved that particular issue. It was still what? a case of human error. Because, yeah, because, the, well, the reason actually was that if you've listened to the audio, and it, it's, it's a tough listen, but the issue is that the, the instruction from the VAR is what causes the misunderstanding because he says check complete so he, I he so based... I, don't, I don't i don't see i don't see how that wouldn't show that diaz is onside and then it would flash up it would have shown that diaz was onside but the replay showed that diaz was onside anyway the var thought that D- diaz was onside yeah mm-hmm. yeah so where the miscommunication has occurred is that he thought the on-field decision was onside but there's no but there's no there is no living excuse for what happens when they realize within four or five seconds that they've made an enormous error there's i agree it's a mistake itself the error itself so i i was a little bit I, i something that i found quite interesting is that actually back in the day uh onside goals got flagged offside all the time yeah, because we didn't have technology. So the linesman rises, raises his flag. They sh- they show the replay. Oh, he's just on, but it's too late. He, he flagged him offside. That was normal in football. So f- actually, goals being disallowed that should have been allowed used to used to go on all the time in football. And the other thing is that actually, the in general, the offside technology 
the 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 lines and all that business has completely killed that it's very 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 rare now that you get goals that should have been allowed being disallowed because the technology is literally there to to stop those things from happening but what i can't get my head around is that even with the technology that is literally telling you no no you made a mistake this is wrong you have to let that that's a goal that the human beings are so robotic that they literally can't go stop the game just stop the game immediately to the referee stop the game blow your whistle stop the game and then deal with the situation tell the referee tell the players tell the deal with the situation in front of you and i'll tell you where that where that for me that comes from fundamentally the officials are getting lazier and lazier and lazier and are taking less and less and less responsibility and are making fewer and fewer and fewer actual decisions they're all sat back going i don't need to make any decisions because if anything is catastrophically wrong my mate upstairs is going to tell me and so you end up in this situation where i don't know what a booking is anymore and i don't know what a red card is anymore and i don't know what a penalty is anymore i think there is a more of a reliance on the technology now because referees feel that they've got the safety net of using var um I don't think it's laziness, though, is the reason why that game wasn't brought back. I was listening to Howard Webb last night on the Premier League mic'd up, um, officials mic'd up show that they do, reviewing the VAR footage, and he brought up, you know, why wasn't it brought back? And he basically said that it's in the laws of the game, IFAB, who make the laws of the game, um, they made these laws, VAR had never been used, they're currently reviewing it. Howard Webb didn't go as far to say that he thought it should have been brought back. Um, but that's basically what he was putting it down to the the referees following the laws of the game. But that, I think I heard, we're, I heard we're that. going off I heard on that. But that is, I'm sorry, as a lawyer, <laughs> someone that you know gets involved in like constructing laws and writing laws, that it is just nonsense because practically this was obviously something that that was kind of such a unprecedented and egregious event that the referee who was on VAR, which I think was Darren England, you could hear him saying, no, we can't do that, we can't do that, because there's an IFAB law about once a game's restarted, you can't stop it. But I'm sorry, the human the human being in you and just uh, the professional in you has to s- just stop the game at that point. I don't care if it's, if it's already restarted for five seconds. You've dropped an absolute howler. And the guy, the, the only guy with the sense on that, on that clip is... Um, the guy that's not even a qualified referee, the guy that runs the replays on the kind of VAR screen, being like, are you happy with that? Are you happy with that? You can hear him. So, Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes, and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now, or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.